Welcome to the podcast, the destination for insightful discussions and interviews on the appreciation, conservation, and husbandry of reptiles with a focus on turtles and tortoises. Now, let's join our team of turtle nerds. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, quadrupeds, children of all ages, <laughs> ectotherms. I don't know, John, John did something like that, like nine and a half years ago and it's still stuck with me since then welcome to another episode of the podcast but uh <coughs> excuse me i have a cough not just any episode of the podcast <laughs> this is the 10 year anniversary episode we've been doing this for 10 years Woo. i could I remember like it was yesterday we couldn't do it episode they said we couldn't do it the, episode number one uh john and i recorded in my basement and then episodes two through maybe four or something we recorded uh off the highway while sitting in a toyota tercel two <laughs> two gentlemen almost seven feet tall sitting in a toyota tercel so uh thank you everyone for for joining us already uh we're here we've got emily with us who's who's still new to the podcast hi emily We've got Kevin, who's about six years in himself. We've hey got guys, Steve in the background. Uh, Steve in the background's been with us for uh, since episode nine, I think. Hi, Steve. <laughs> so all for a really long time. And then our esteemed guest back on the show for the first time. And I, I should have actually looked to see when when the last time you were on was, but it's got to be. It's... If, you can, if we can get some, uh, we can get some a number in a while. But I don't, I don't, I don't remember on. Obviously when it's seven to eight years it's it's probably seven and a half years if i had to put if i had to guess i mean i've looked back in the archives many times but uh yeah welcome back you've, you've got a little bit of a video delay but we're going to work through it we're professionals here we can work with that hey i haven't officially met you so very nice that you meet you so you created yeah john it's really nice to meet you yes it's nice to meet you both too about both of you um i'm uh i'm excited and it's really cool to see what you guys have uh you know obviously i've spent years and years dragging anthony's dying guys to take that and uh do what you've uh what you've done with it's really cool to see how how far this has come now did you say you had to take anthony's dying what was that you had to corpse. drag my corpse? Right, and uh, that's yes, your, your, with... your your body. Yes, is that like just a generalized obesity comment? Because I could deal with it. No, just just carrying. No, I'm an elf. Um, that's why you know that's numbers. Um, but just just uh, just, uh on your 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 worthlessness. <laughs> <laughs> I got that last piece. Is he going in and out for you guys too? Yeah. And now Kevin too. I'm not even going yeah. the whole way. Oh, Terrific. Really? I'm off now too? Well, you yeah, were just for, you bit. were a couple times, but yeah. we just, you know how we love the technology stuff, you know? I'm just I have saying. a question. When you say when two people line. seven feet tall, is it a total of seven feet tall? Like you're six and he's, or is it, you're both seven feet tall? John, John's actually, a lot of people don't know, but he's one of the taller turtle people you ever meet and reptile people you ever meet. John is taller than I am. Wow. So I'm, I'm six, eight. I mean, 
I, I really am. A, I'll tell you, I'm 100% positive that I used to be closer to six, nine. And then you gain 120 pounds and you lose an inch. That's how that works. <laughs> um, John, when we got to college, we played basketball together in college. And when we got to college, John was shorter than me. And then by the time we were graduating college, he was taller than me. Wow. So, yeah, just yeah. saying. I get, yeah, I got two, two inches, two inches in the spine. Yeah, yeah, that's the issue. Wow, so, yeah. yeah. And the neck, too. Yeah, I yeah. 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 you must be yeah. from south of the equator. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. I don't know what that means. It's like snake necks from south of the equator. No. Turtles, uh, yes. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Uh, uh, you should, yeah. yeah. I got it. I am. Uh, if anyone's interested in knowing more about my bromance with John, you can check out my new book, Veterinary Leadership Through Fresh Eyes, which um, I'm I'm really um, I'm really excited about. It's been a really cool experience, and uh, it's basically a love story written mostly to my mentor, but then also to several other people in my life who have who have meant a lot to me, and John being the first. Oh, I'm, you're going to hear triages here. I don't know if you heard that, but I'm at the hospital right now. Uh, also, stories about John, you know, and and our love affair as two large reptile-loving weirdos and uh, how our love for each other affected our team in college. Do you remember that story, John? Did you read, the, did you read that part of the book? I'm third of the way in. I, I mean, I, I read you about your... Um, about the team after the, after the beginning part, but I read I read you talk about the team and her, uh, um, that kind of thing. The the story that I told is the one that maybe you should try without headphones. Um, I'm not sure if that'll help. I just coughed with a quick mute. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that'll help if those are totally out. Um, normally the headphones are really important because they like uh, avoid the, the echoes or whatever. But the story that I wrote about was basically John and I played the same position in college. We're the same size. We're both, well, we're not the same size. I was always bigger than him, even though we're the same height. He was always like, looked like a, a frog stood up on his back legs and walked around wearing a pair of pants. That's what John always looked like. And I always was much, even though I was on like whatever Oprah diet I could be on in college to try to stay, you know, trim and be a college basketball player. I was, you know, he was the type of person who could eat like candy for dinner. And I was, I needed to be on a diet. And Oops, about 10 minutes ago. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. The, the cornerstone of any nutritious dinner. And uh, so we played the same position. So even though we loved each other very much in, in a, a very bromance type way, still do. If I played well, that meant that he sat the bench. And if he played well, that meant that I sat the bench. And there was um, a game in our junior year where I uh, was not getting in because John was playing really well. And it was at our, uh, it was at, it was in his hometown, Danbury, Connecticut. We were playing Western Connecticut uh, State. And he played at his butt off. And I was going crazy on the bench, and it was a huge game for us, and we lost the game, but I didn't get in at all. And then we had a film session afterwards, 
and coach singled me out to basically show everyone like this is what we're talking about. You could see everyone's like lifeless on the bench. Nobody cared. And I was going crazy knowing that I wasn't going to get in the game, even though I could remember I wanted to get in so bad, so badly. But um, he just played his butt off and, and had probably the best game of your career. Is that right? Is that the best game of your career or one of them yeah. anyway? I mean, that was one of the that was my better game. Yeah, I, I think I don't. Honestly, you said that junior year, like, I don't even remember. I don't remember. That was the get the message game. Term memory. Was it the get the message game? In my brain, it was the get the message game because that was, so that's what our coach called it was get the message. So it basically made us like run a ton afterwards because we weren't like doing things right. That was at WestCon and it was junior year because I didn't play. I played in every game senior year and I started over you because I was better than you. But I think it was. I think it was because I think I think that he showed us that at scene more of like the like I feel like he showed us that the first game and the, uh, like that's what he came with half time. No, because I didn't I didn't sit the bench for entire games in our senior year. Right, but you did play less in games that I way. I don't I don't remember. We'd have to we'd have you know we he has a he has an encyclopedic knowledge he has he, he, we have to read his book again and, and see i probably I just I got the entire story wrong that's how i remember i, I trust you that's fine that's that fine. moment meant a lot to me i forget pretty much everything else that moment meant a lot to me but yeah you just I, poured your heart out <laughs> right thank you i told you i loved you yeah. in front of this live studio and audience he's like, i don't remember <laughs> no i remember the thing i don't remember what game i don't coming back but um yeah no i mean it's it's a uh, my mom is reading coach walsh our, our, our basketball as well um about, about that season it's my mom is like going back and forth and talking to me about it and it's interesting to have to say you're very close with write a book book about a year of your life that was a year in in your life i've had two people around and it's like, it's not something never really quantify in a way that the the situation because like even no, no matter um, you know was 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 the, you know the sacrifice like that was so important to us. Um, it, it's like there's like these sports. I don't know. It just doesn't. I can see it. I feel like when you know it's like game recognized game when I see other situations like I like recognize it automatically to have that could understand that what I, you know what what it was like um you know maybe I'm maybe, but I mean it's it definitely is something that's very very special and and you know with and uh you know Tony without me and you're um, you know who we were to each other I don't, I don't think that the the team isn't the same way. It doesn't. We don't win it as much. I talk about it a lot. So I just I, I want to say, John. For, I don't know why, but you're you're um, you're going in and out still. Like every other word is coming through. I don't know why. So I can get the gist of what you're saying, but it's not really <coughs> it's not really sounding as lovely as you should. 
why don't you go back into your set settings and mess with your audio and we'll see. I'm going to keep talking to you, but I'm going to talk while you do that. Okay. So thank you. I'm going to tell a story. What you were just saying, you were talking about team and that togetherness and all of that sort of stuff. One of the things I really harp on a lot professionally is team versus is team versus. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Now you need now to mute yourself, John, because you need to mute yourself, I can John. hear myself. So. <laughs> I sound horrible. Uh, Matthew says more turtles on sports. This is, I know I sound horrible. I'm so nasally. So team versus family. So I think team, team is really where I want to be personally, because to be on a high performing team, you need to have people around you have a, an amazing set of skills. You think about the turtle room and you think about this, this podcast and in order to do this for 10 years, we've had to have people, amazing guests and amazing um, hosts who have been able to work together and recreate this over the years. Like it, it doesn't really look a lot like it did at the very beginning. It was audio only and it was just John and I. We've had so many great hosts like Chris Leone and Amanda and, and Kevin and Emily and Steve over the years. So, uh, you know, it's it's to me, being part of a team is even more special than family in a way. Like family is like the weird uncle who has to come to Thanksgiving and make everyone feel uncomfortable. And family is like, for me is like, you know, doing like peeing in a cup for my adult family members so that they could get a job when I was like 12 years old. Like that's family to me. So uh, people will say all the time in professional settings, like family is, like we're all we're all just a dysfunctional family here ha 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 and that's not attractive to me at all not even a little bit team before family so i'm very proud and i'm, I'm we're getting a little bit like uh mushy here with what we're talking about but it's 10 years and we really want to reflect on what that means for all of us so 10 years in and you know thank you i i just want to say thank you to you guys and to everybody that's been able to make this a reality and i'm looking forward to doing another 10 anyway uh, uh emily as somebody who's new you know, um, what are kind of your thoughts? If you don't mind me just throwing on, it to you for a second. Um, just team versus family, the podcast. I mean, I will definitely say I feel like I've always felt like team versus family. Um, they run a lot more similar than that to me anyway. Um, just because I think of uh, friends and family and team all a little bit pretty similar. I didn't play basketball, although I did get recruited, not quite as tall as you, or they attempted to recruit me. I'm uh, five eight, five nine, so um, still about foot shorter than you, but still pretty tall, right? Yeah. Kevin, are we the same height? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So Taller um, than me, you know? Yeah, I played uh, color guard and I did dance. So I was pretty involved throughout high school and college. And um, I think my teammates, they were some of my best friends and they were pretty much my family. Um, although I am pretty close with my family, so maybe I just view it a little bit differently. But um, I was wondering, since we're celebrating 10 years, can I interview you a little bit? Do you mind if I ask you some questions? So, um, yeah, who's right. you? Me or John or who? Uh, well, all of you guys. So I want to know what is uh, one of your favorite episodes that you guys have done so far? Favorite guest, favorite episode, favorite topic that you've talked about? I want all of it. We can start with uh, you, I'll start. Anthony. Oh, oh, Anthony, yeah. go ahead. Okay. Go. 
No, I just have I one top. Uh, I just have one right off the rip. I my uh, tie from Iguana Land. He just it was like the entire time. Didn't feel like there was a moment walking at all. So that was pretty great. And, and they're all amazing. They're all great. But low, and you're like, well, who talks next? What are we supposed to talk? And I felt like that didn't happen that episode. So it was a great experience. Uh, that's a really good point. I, I remember that episode a lot. Um, Ty was one of those ones where it's just like a plug and play episode. You mm-hmm. get him on and it's just like, go ahead and talk. And then he goes and then you might not get another chance to even have a follow up question for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And that's not and I'm not saying that a, a, it's just a plug and play episode. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to have much of a plan. You're just kind of guiding the conversation a little bit, and he's doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. But, I mean, what an exciting like thing. That was what, as he was building Iguana Land. Go ahead. I feel like we didn't know that about him going into it. At least I, that's why I was taken aback how smooth it was, you know? Yeah, totally. And and that was the main conversation I ever had with him. I, I was able to spend some time with him this year, which was great, down, you know, at Iguana Land. And I was shocked by how much time he, he – provided us um i was just hoping to say hello and he spent like four hours with us and and like took us to lunch it was incredible but um having him on the on the podcast was amazing because that was the first time to actually get to know him and and we've had that experience with a lot of people where the first time to really get to know somebody was on this show yeah um i think for me and i I don't know john if you even if you have one but i'll say for me um Two really stand out in my mind, although there's more. Like, there's people like Chris Hagen from the TSA, who's somebody who I just really appreciate and, and just listen intently to anytime they talk. But I think in terms of episodes, I was really excited about the content, the conversation. <clears throat> I think one – that was a weird call. I think one was um, uh, one was was definitely Randy Betts from Tort Stork. Because there was so much controversy around him shipping turtle and tortoise eggs at that time. I thought it was really important at that time when, when it was really a big deal, uh, a, a big topic of contention for a lot of people that we had him on at that moment. And then another one is Tom Crutchfield. Like, I think having Tom on such a, uh, an iconic figure in, in the reptile world on to chat with us was really important to me. And I'm also very proud as a host that with some of those like Randy and Tom, I was able to ask some tougher questions because by my nature, I'm a very nice person and I want to be friendly with everyone. But I also understand that when you have someone on the show, certain people will look at that and say, well, why do you have that person on? Like, do you align with them? And I think it's really important because our, our podcast is tied to the turtle room. It's really important to show, no, we're talking about important issues here. And we try to stay neutral on as many things as we can. And my job is just to bring the, the unbiased information out there so that people can then make their determinations themselves. I don't want to drive you in a certain direction. I want to give you the opportunity, give you the information direct from the source. And the only way to do that is to not be buddies, you know, all buddies with the way that you're interviewing someone and ask them some difficult questions. You don't have to be like Barbara Walters about it, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Really good job with Tom. Yeah, definitely. Even yeah. it was, you know, you know, we asked trickier questions. Plus, he was really, really great. He was like, nothing 
He's off, which was awesome with Tom. When we met, yeah, when we met him in person, like I said, Mr. Crutchfield, it's such an honor to meet you. He was like, uh, first of all, call me Tom. And I was like, okay, Tom, uh, Mr. Tom Crutchfield, uh, <laughs> thank, you know, thanks so much for your time. I said, is there anything that you don't want to talk about? And we were standing there in a kitchen in East Hartford, Connecticut, mm -hmm. or Glastonbury, actually. She's from East Hartford, but we were in Glastonbury. And he's like, first thing you got to know about me is I don't give a F. And I was like, oh, except he didn't say F. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is an absolute gangster. And I'm sure everyone knows that except me. I'm like this newer person to it and i had no idea but it was it was awesome so john let's give it let's let's give you a crack at this question yeah okay okay um can, we, can you hear me huh more or less great <laughs> not great not great one that i would say that i would point to because of figuring it out as we went at the beginning you know it was, it was really fun and just seeing like we can get people on like, was you know this was it was it was very um you know you know i've only fun of doing it but um but then i also don't remember um so yeah, a very 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 poor memory but yeah I, I, i'm so embarrassed for you right I now i feel like yeah <laughs> Yeah, I can't. You can't hear what. I'm... Why don't you hold up signs that with what you want to say, and we'll read it verbatim while it's coming up. <laughs> Emily, Bob Dylan type stuff. Yeah. Kevin's like seventy-five percent of the way there. John's like thirty-five percent, and Emily and I are hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you great. Steve, Steve from the chat just said, "Love actually," <laughs> and I will keep on loving you for. I don't know what he says. I can't remember. That's, it's an awkward scene, but it would be fitting for us. <coughs> Is that the one with the boom box in the window and he holds something up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, Shh, <laughs> don't say anything. Yeah. I'll, I, I, I love you. I've always loved you. That I'll would keep say on anything. loving you. John, he was talking to you just then with that whole line. Yeah, I was talking directly to John. <laughs> directly to him. What a lot of people also don't, don't know, John, is a story. I don't know. We probably have talked about this. Is a He's holding up a razor. I'm so embarrassed. The car is a scooter, you know? Garage. No, I'm in a. I'm embarrassed. You know, this, is a, this is a shared garage. I didn't get shared garage. And uh, um, uh, what do you what? see? My old uh, outside boot. It's funny sometimes the words that the the computer decides to let get through because it just makes it sound hilarious. I'm embarrassed. Um, a lot of people don't know this. We probably mentioned this, John, early on the on the podcast many years ago. But John and I were also in a Rhode Island newspaper because we were happy. We were in the middle of having the best season in, in the history of our of our uh, college. But we also had a peculiar pregame rit ritual, and it mostly came from me, I'll take credit for it, from me being really superstitious. So if you can imagine this, first of all, I used to have a really big, like, white guy afro that I used to pick out with, like, an afro pick before the game. So I would, I would shower before the game and then shave around my beard because I always have a beard, and then I would pick my hair out and blow dry it. So I would have the bigger hair for the game. And that, that was like junior year too.
But then, because the reason is, we would go to the game and we would have the um, we would have a game before us, and we would watch part of that game, and people were just cool with it. They would come up and just like like our teammates would just sit down in the stands and watch the game that was before us. And I couldn't do it. I'd be like freaking out sitting there because I was just so anxious about it. I still get this way now with the turtle stuff and the writing stuff. I put so much pressure on myself. I'd be really nervous. I, I was I could not be cool. So what we did our senior year is we started going to the local exotic pet shop that had like an anaconda and an adult alligator and Burmese pythons and alligator snapping turtles and stuff like that. And we would go and just hang out and like molest a bunch of reptiles not in the bad way but like you know just handle a bunch of reptiles for no reason and um we got on this really long winning streak and the local newspaper heard about it and they sent someone down to interview us about the fact that we used to do that and it was um it was pretty awesome so it was like the connection the basketball and the reptiles and, and really who we were at that point and we would yep. get we would get recruits in from uh, we would get recruits in from all over the place. And anytime they had someone like from the inner city, they would never send them with John and I, because do you remember what Kasim used to call our apartment? Kasim was from New Haven, Connecticut and uh, about six foot six and very outspoken gentleman, Kasim Johnson. And he used to refer to our apartment as the jungle. <laughs> Do you, you don't remember that? <laughs> well, that sounds right, though. Yeah, we had animals everywhere. We had large, pretty large tortoises. We had in an um, apartment. Yeah, tons of lizards, uh, snakes, turtles, all sorts of stuff. Tony didn't have, but he didn't have a dresser. So a setup with like cages for um so at, at one point you had you had the, the like baby slocatas um bearded dragons and yep and there was some what, what was the wood shelf mm, most of what i had there was bearded dragons layers right yeah, yeah right. but i had a lot of bearded dragons, bearded dragons. Yeah, because I bred them. Yeah. I had like nineteen you had, dragons at one point. The, um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was horrible. They're like no worms. Like I think I had nineteen bearded dragons at one point. Yeah, we. It was we a had, bad idea. Had over twenty animals altogether. Yeah, in a dorm room. Because we. No, that was at our apartment. We had an apartment. It was like it one was level of like a of a split small apartment. house. Yeah. Yeah, in the dorm room, I did have alligator snapping turtles in the dorm room. And oh, I just okay. like strong armed the the RAs. They were like, "Well, I heard you have some turtles." I was like, "No, you didn't." And they're like, <laughs> "Okay, no, I didn't." And it was, and I'm a very nice person, but I was definitely very uh, pushy when it came to my reptiles. Like, I'm gonna keep it, whatever I want in my dorm. It was but, afro. But, yeah. 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 Do you have pictures nice of this afro? Person. I'm just what, really. What's this all about? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin is not believing that I'm a nice person. I actually am nice. I have a different persona on the podcast because, John, you don't know about this because John doesn't watch the podcast anymore. He just left us and just never decided to take a peek anymore. But I, Kevin... I, I do. That's not sometimes. I also have been listening to Turtley. Oh, thank you. Turtley oh, Devoted. Nice. I appreciate that. Thank you so uh, much. 
Um, right, I listen to. I, but I don't know if you know about this shtick. But Kevin, I I give Kevin a hard time all the time. But it's 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 he just makes it too easy. <laughs> I couldn't hear what you said. I didn't hear that. Oh, I'm genuinely nice. Yeah, no, you're genuinely nice too. It makes it it makes it awkward. I don't have any of the Afro picks. I'll have to get them for you guys. But they're um, John's mother. Does, John's mother is a professional photographer. Mm -hmm. um, Autumn Studios and. Uh, the photos in my book of John and I as young men came from came from those days. But there's no there's no I didn't have the afro all through college. It was like mostly my junior year. I just decided to grow my hair out. It was more of like my attempt at like uh, Jersey Shore like blowout, which was popular at the time. Disgusting, horrible Jersey haircut. Shore blowout. You know where it's like <laughs> it's big hair, but it's like shaved here. Mm -hmm. You know, or slicked back. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't slick it back. It was like dry. But then with the little size. I think I've seen this. I think I've seen these photos. Yeah, you probably have. I don't know. I think it's pics or it didn't happen. So, yeah. I have a picture. I can picture the thing. I don't know the chat here. I have a definitely a picture of you with a doorknob that you ripped off of a off of somebody's bathroom door at a, at a <laughs> did it accidentally. And I think you're just, you just, just ripped their doorknob off. Is that the picture where I look like where you where you met, had a joke that I look like Pitbull? Might be like young Pitbull, like Pitbull before he shaved his head too. Yeah. yeah, that was a classic. That was a classic. Yeah, just saying. So it's it's kind of weird. Next with, question. What's that? Does what? Uh, does, em does Emily have another question? You're going to put her on the yeah, on the spot? I, I thought that was oh, a good idea. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll keep interviewing you guys. So I guess one of the things, oh, oh is this the photo? That's Well, that's with hair, but it's not really like the Afro hair, but yeah. Is that, which one? Wait. Can you zoom in? Can you zoom in at all, Steve? Steve knows what he's doing. Steve said that's the best I could find. At least you found something. So that's Anthony with hair, but it was a lot. That goatee. Yeah, I just I change it up like every day, every game. I would have a different beard style. Is, that, is and... do you, this tribal tattoo here that I'm? Seeing? Oh yeah, yeah. Very, <laughs> remember the game <laughs> when the when the guy in the stands was was making fun of my tattoos, John? Hey, thirty four, nice tattoos. Real intimidating. Actually, you do look a little yeah. intimidating there, if, especially because you're saying you're like almost seven feet tall. Yeah, I would be afraid. I don't know. RA, I'd be like, you could have tribal armband. Come be scared of that. I know. I know. It was a different time. Okay, the tribal armband. I got the tribal. I got that tribal armband tattoo when I was six on my 16th birthday. So it was still popular then. 16? You were allowed a tattoo when you were 16? Yeah, I, uh, that's an interesting story too. I got my first tattoo when I was 14. And my mother always told me if I got a, well, she had been telling me for a while, if I was, uh, if I made the honor roll, that she would uh, let me, she would get me a tattoo. And I was 14, but I was like, I was like six foot seven, six foot eight. <clears throat> and um, that cough is weird. And um, she, 
uh, I, I made the honor roll and she was like, okay, well now I'm going to get you a tattoo, I guess. So she took me to the tattoo parlor and he was like, how old is, is this kid? And she was like, he's 17. She was like, he was like, all right, 17, bring some identification that says that he's 17 and I'll do the tattoo, which is weird because the age was 18, but he was like, oh, if he's close enough, he's a big kid, whatever, I'll tattoo him. So my mother is like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? I promised this kid a tattoo. So she brings me to the DMV with a birth certificate that she forged using like an old typewriter, like legitimately got an old typewriter. and was like, tick, 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 tick. <laughs> and then she used for like, you know, the state of Connecticut seal on the birth certificate. She used a owner's manual for a, a Cadillac sedan DeVille and pressed it into. So it, it literally a birth certificate with the Cadillac emblem pressed into the paper. And we go there and they give me a real fake ID which was awesome. So I went and got the tattoo at 14. And of course it's like a cartoon basketball man that you can barely even see anymore. It looks like a, it doesn't even look like a birthmark. You can barely even see it. But, um, oh, it's, not, not it's not what Kev? Like the basketball. I can't hear what you're saying at all. All right. Well, that leads to my follow-up question is which one of you turtle nerds has a turtle tattoo? I'm sure I know one of you has to. I have so so I have a tattoo on my chest that barely anyone's ever seen. That's like a jailhouse tattoo that I got from some kid who was learning how to tattoo. That's like oh, the no. Mortal Kombat symbol <laughs> with a turtle. It's like both <laughs> fused together. It is the worst tattoo of all time. And um, yeah. Okay. Or another way, the best tattoo of all time. Yeah, it's either the worst or the best tattoo, depending on. It's, Depending it's on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah. I I want one. I, I want to made the, the larger mistake. Uh, my four-year-old son is going to get on my birthday this year. Um, yeah, I mean, as, as a lifelong turtle guy, cow on my arm. Right. He wants you to get a cow? Your, your son is... Your son is um, obsessed with cows still. Obsessed, like from day one, he came, came out of the womb. Isn't that interesting? It's so mm -hmm. interesting. Well, I, I mean, he's interested in all animals, right? And that's the next step now I think is so cool because now we have our kids who are like interested in these things. And it's weird how it kind of manifests like that because you think, and I, I, we, I was just talking with, uh, with, um, a friend about this, how he's got his kids are interested, but are interested in different in 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 different animals, and like the turtles are just like eh, whatever. I'm used to it, you know. Um, but for me, like I've got one daughter's obsessed with horses and cats, and she's never even really ex like been with a cat before, uh, but she does ride horses. And then my other daughter's obsessed with dogs and wants you to be a dog breeder one day. I've ever been with a cat? I have. Yeah. <laughs> it, it might be why I'm coughing so much is the cat that like shares my office with me. Cause that's well, I think normal. for both of you, um, you know, if you're worried that maybe your kids aren't going to follow in your turtle loving path. I mean, I know for me, my dad was obsessed with reptiles when I was a kid. And when I went to school specifically so that I could be a zookeeper, uh, did I know what animals I wanted to work with? I think at the time it was 
big cats or something. I thought that they were cool. And uh, I ended up working at a zoo for a little bit and well, for a few years actually. And I got to work with the giraffe and I was like, these animals are so cool. Right. And then they ended up being, um, I, I felt like they were kind of dumb. Uh, I got to work with the cheetah. I thought that would be exciting. And then I felt like they were kind of wimpy. And then I got to work with the penguins and I was like, birds, this is where my life is going to be. So I worked with birds for a while. And then I think probably after about 12 years, I finally circled back to reptiles. Um, so if you're worried that they're going to fall down a dark path of anything except turtles, um, they, they'll, they'll make their way back. Don't worry. <laughs> I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I worked with a yeah, lot it's of a different cool, things. I still work cool with birds now, but mostly reptiles. John, they're so close. Yeah. So not that. Uh, uh, not not so not so far. Um, they get the same look in their in their eye when they're looking at you. I I what, 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 work with birds. What, what do you mean? What do you mean oh, by so, that? What yeah. does working with birds mean? <laughs> so um, I have a red-tailed hawk, and um, I'm a falconer. Yeah, I'm a licensed Stop. falconer, so I have Stop my for red tail. Real? Yep, yeah. I actually usually have him with me. Today I left him at home because uh, he wasn't in good condition to hunt. Uh, I know, or otherwise I would have taken him out to show you. But I have um, my red tail that I fly with every day. And then I also work at a bird of prey facility in uh, New York. So I'm there on the weekends and I work with, we have all sorts of birds, hawks, Is that in falcons, the, in eagles. The Valley? Um, yeah, yep, it's in Goshen. So I, I read a, which is for, yep. which is, I don't know if you're familiar with really, mean, yeah, brilliant I book. book. Um, um, and I, I, I was, okay. Yeah, I would. That's so. So you don't, don't, you know. God bless him. That, that kind of like live, uh, like you know, hunting and and really cool. And I looked into that, and I actually found by that same place because I found a place that I was trying to experience with. You can go and do different things. They, they do like you know, people can come in and for a day for an hour or whatever like that go that the idea yeah yeah so i think i caught most of what you're saying uh correct me if i'm wrong but uh so it's called falconry excursions is that what you're talking about um yeah okay yeah so um in case anyone uh we're doing everything it. that he's saying basically what we uh offer is people can come and um, we let you hold a bunch of the different birds of prey that we have and we have a whole bunch of education birds we'll let you handle a few of them and then we'll let you go free flying with one of our harris hawks so um do you know when you went did you was this recently i didn't go oh you didn't, oh, I didn't. Oh, okay i got it no I, I was looking into it uh i i forget what happened yeah i'm trying i, I want to go this i want to go on this spring plan okay yeah so if you go during the fall or the winter that's when we actually get to go hunting with the birds um but if you go during the spring it's it's a lot nicer of a hike through the woods and also we have a lot of baby birds that you get to meet so if you go on the weekends then you'll get to do your show with me so hopefully i'll see you there 
John, if you if you could just do me a favor and just get your you know what together, so type in to the to the chat. We have a private chat right here. Your comments, and I'm going to read them, and they're going to be really funny. It's going to be a lot. It's going to land a lot better. So for people that also don't know, John, when we started the podcast, John was like fresh off of moving to New York to be a stand-up comedian, which was awesome. His material was at its finest. He's still a very funny person. It's tough to really quantify that when every fourth word is what you're actually hearing when somebody's talking. In the chat where everyone will see it. He's just gonna he's just gonna keep talking anyway and just not do the chat. <laughs> you can't find the chat. It's the chat. Um it's find I, I it. It's the chat labeled private chat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, go. he said, I see it. John sees it, everybody. This is going to be fun. <laughs> you want me Let's to do that. If you can just, he yeah, if you could just heckle me through that, I think it'll be a lot funnier and people will actually get more out of it. <laughs> Everyone we'll do it that way. Can't see that though. I know, but that's what's funny about it. So it's I'll say John he's says. He's going to censor it. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be like, and oh, it's coming through. John says I'm the best. He says exactly. I'm the best he again. won't. Wow. It's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John says my beard sucks. Exactly. That's what I'm looking at. And he spelled it. Oh, he spelled okay. it S U X. I'm just yeah, kidding. that was the best. He didn't spell it that way. All right, Kevin's back in action. You can hear me. I I heard you. Yeah, you I sound terrific you, yeah. for awesome. now. My new computer, different computer. Okay, all yeah. right. You're in the swing right now. I love it. Um. So I've got a couple questions. Oh, sorry. I've got a couple questions. Yeah, about John, about what John is keeping now. Everyone just assumes that if he's on the podcast then he has to be a keeper um no offense mark and 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 matthew i wasn't saying you assume but you just you know it's a good question to ask because we're having him on and uh john you don't keep any animals right now as you can see for anyone who's watching yeah watching the video he's shaking his head no he says he he rents and it's not allowed that's ridiculous can you have a cat I have a cat. How could you be allowed yeah. a cat? How could you be allowed a cat and not a and not a reptile? Yeah, a reptile lives in its little house. Reptilian bias. It is anti-reptilian. Anti bias. bias. Yeah, yeah. Reverse bias. That stinks. I hate that. He's talking again instead of putting things in. Um, <laughs> what else are we gonna say? I, I also just. I, I also just want to say, this is so funny. We're we're avoiding the crash and burn though, which I really like. Um, Emily, you're you know talking about. I feel like every time this is your third time on the show. I feel like every time we learn these cool tidbits about you that just like blow my mind. And I think <laughs> I think back to what we were talking about before, like the team versus family. Like we're getting to know you, and we're building this bond with you. And but but you're here because you are a talented person like through and through you know what i mean so like to hear you talk about yourself and the things that you're excited about and the things that you've accomplished in your mm -hmm. life I, like such a fan of yours and i'm so happy that you're here oh so. thank you john says people are afraid of us what does that mean people are afraid of reptile people right i thought that was a tall person joke oh okay right <laughs> i think he means reptile people. yeah reptile people because because we it's not necessary and it's weird right mm -hmm. so they're going to outlaw reptiles before they outlaw cats that are killing a bunch of you know native species because cats are seen as a necessity and reptiles aren't even seen as a luxury they're seen as something that weird people like 
So he says it's a combo also because it's also a height joke. Well, speaking of that, have you heard about some of the legislation that they're changing in Connecticut? I don't know if it's um, maybe like kind of towing the line to talk about it, but um, no, no, that's totally fine. Yeah. So I know that they're trying to make some laws that would make it a little bit harder for us to do outreach programs, Um, not necessarily for us with our reptiles at this time, but I know that they're trying to put some restrictions on what animals can go out for outreach programs. So we're actually going to host a fundraiser to try and raise money for USR because we're a little bit worried that it could compromise some of our programs. Really? I think that's incredible. And this is why, remember I said I like to ask some tougher questions because we had Brian on, your boss, the owner of Riverside Reptiles. Is that okay if I call him your boss? Yeah, he is my boss, yeah. I know, but you but you kind of run things for him and like keep him in line. So it's kind of more of like a partnership, I guess. Nothing against Brian. He's incredible and he's definitely the boss and the owner. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, some the, the tougher questions I wanted to ask him were, what about the reptile trade and the rep and, and keeping reptiles as pets and that sort of thing because i think you told that line as an education as a as an educational outlet like reptiles are not just a thoughtless pet that you get someone they're not like bunny rabbits on easter like you don't just go out without thinking and just grab one and then that's it like you you have to talk people out of it a lot as a part of your so i think sometimes people see that people see folks like Brian and yourself and Riverside as like maybe being a little bit further away from the keeper side and maybe a little bit anti-pet trade, if that makes any sense. Is that fair? Um, I can see, I can see that for sure. I mean, I know that in some of the reptile groups, so I'm not as active on social media, but I used to be on Facebook and I would see in the groups all the time that it was really polarizing. I know that sometimes you see the keeper side from people who work with them in their personal lives and then the keeper side from people who work with them professionally. And I feel that sometimes there's a little bit of friction between those two. And I think that one really great thing about my relationship with Brian is that he kept them personally and professionally, and I've only really kept them professionally. So we were kind of able to merge that together. And um, we're both really progressive in our keeping methods. And I think that that's something both sides can agree on is that, you know, whatever is the best way to keep them, that's how we want to keep them. Um, So we do kind of toe that line a little bit. And I mean, so last week, I think it was, oh yeah, when we were interviewing Brian, we mentioned our rehoming guide. Uh, I get calls all week, um, every single day. Sometimes I get up to three calls a day of people looking to rehome their pets. And sometimes we can take it in for them, but most of the time we can't. And we know that if we help to rehome these pets, it's just going to end up in another home where maybe that kid is now going to go off to college and then it might end up back into the pet trade and it just kind of circulates. But that is definitely something that we, um, we don't struggle with, but we just handle carefully, I'll say. Yeah, I think we just lost John. He just, he just, he's like, bye. Disappeared. <laughs> Lights went out in the garage, you know? Oh, hey. here we go. I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm trying. I'm back here. But give me, bear with me for two seconds. I don't believe you. I love it. I have zero faith in you. Oh, you this is great. Should. I, yeah, I have no faith. John did make a point in the chat that Kevin <laughs> liked. Kevin, what was what point was that? My four-year-old's having like a epic meltdown, so I didn't want you to hear screaming. 
Terrific. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the point in the chat that, you know, when we're discussing how people are like fear reptiles and whatnot, it's that we're so far removed from them from like the evolutionary ladder uh, that people don't really see any any kind of similarities between us whatsoever, you know? That's why I thought that was a pretty interesting notion. You know, there's, there's scientific research that backs up what a normal person thinks is cute and what they're willing to do decision-making wise based mm. on cuteness. So like, you know, a, a baby has a smaller face with smaller features, right? Like when they make fun of Dwight Schrute in, Mm -hmm. in the office for having like a baby face. He has like a small nose and a small mouth. John used to make fun of me for the same thing, actually. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can't even see my lips, even if I didn't have a beard. But uh, so babies are like that. But then also we have puppies are like that as well. And certain breeds of dogs that really shouldn't even exist, like your brachycephalic breeds, are kind of like that too, where they have these little smush faces and they're just so cute to us. Uh, there's, there's definitely a cuteness factor there. And I think that has been proven scientifically to, to be a part of the success of, of animals like canines and cats. Uh, I don't think reptiles have that for most people. They do for us. Like to me, there's nothing more precious than a hatchling turtle in the world. I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care. Um, yeah. And I think, I, I think some people just, just don't don't see things the way that we do. And that's the challenge that we have, right? As, as educators and as people that care and are going to get out there and do something about it. Um, we need to try to help people who don't see things the way that we do appreciate something that we appreciate so much. Mm -hmm. And it's a real challenge for most, most of us. It doesn't come as easy for all of us as it did for Steve Irwin. Uh, something about, he was selling himself and then people were learning about the animals in the process. Look at this yeah. crazy Australian dude. Yeah, his charisma uh, was off the charts. Yeah, right. And yeah. I think I think that's the way to do it successfully, though. I think he started mm -hmm. a blueprint that's really that's being followed by thousands of YouTubers around the world yeah. as we speak. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when I see a, a hatchling baby snake with their big stupid eyes, oh, I just want to squish it. It's so cute. I love it so much. But I know that for a lot of people, they just all they see is snake and they just see red or they just black out. They're like, no, but. But I like it. <laughs> that's yeah. that's me with bears. Yeah, really. <laughs> Want well, nothing to do with them. <laughs> Is there was there a story behind this? Just the bears, the scariest things in the world. Okay, all right. Is that why you're scared of me, Kev? No, I mean you're the bear in a different kind of sense. I just don't go. To <laughs> <laughs> um, I've definitely been called a bear before by yeah. certain friends. Yeah, yeah that's no, true. They're just that thing's uh. They're just crazy, you know. If they if they want to eat you, it's not even like a quick kill. They'll just hold you down and chew on you. I'm, just, I'm good with that. John says that his son likes Robert Irwin, uh, Robert Irwin, and the stuff that they're doing. Oh, and I says agree. That they have very good content. I do. I, I don't know. I, I struggle with them a little bit. It's weird. Like Steve is the holy grail to me, and I'm so proud of his family that they exist and everything's going on. But I just I don't know. But my kids do love Bindi. And 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 Robert for sure. Um, it's just I, I guess the shows are just different now, and I don't know. His were more adventure. I like those a lot more. Anthony Barleyoni. <laughs> it's good. If I had a furrier forehead. But, yeah. John, do you have any random fears of animals like bears currently? 
<laughs> it's not exactly random. No. We live where we no. live. I'm not afraid. I'm really afraid of anything. Mm. <laughs> Tough guy. Anthony, are you afraid of anything? Weird. Uh, yes, I'm afraid. I am definitely afraid of maple syrup. And I really don't like wasps that much. Like I've stepped on, so I've stepped on a nest twice in my life. One time was when I was like 14, I got stung all over. And then I also stepped on a yellow jacket nest that was in the ground when I was, I was showing some German turtle experts around and catching turtles. And I stepped on the nest and I got stung like 25 times all over. It was so obnoxious. I was like running and I could feel them. I could feel their bodies hitting my legs as they were flopping around while their stingers were in my legs. Oh my and gosh. I'm like grabbing them with my fingers and ripping them out and throwing them and like killing them with my hand. I would never do that. I just, it was so awkward and weird. I was in so much pain. So then I wake up the next day to take them out again. And we go out and I have a turtle net in the back of the car. It's hanging out while I was driving. And I go to grab the net and I'm talking to them about how much pain I've been in with the bee stings because I've been talking about it nonstop because that's what I do. Excuse me. And I put my hand on the net as I'm talking to them to pull it out of the car and I get stung by a bee on my oh, hand. No. Like this is the worst. So anyway, I'm kind of, I'm kind of fearful. Uh, I'm not fearful of like a bee because mm -hmm. they're not going to sting you if you don't mess with them. I'm fearful that I am a, a an unathletic, large bear of a man and I'm just going to step on the nest and not see it and then get stung and have to waddle my way away from them as fast as I can. So that's my, that's why I'm scared of them. It's and also so maple syrup. When you said that that you're a bear of a man, I think I saw Kevin Shiver. I don't maybe out of the corner of my He definitely eye. did. He was like, he is a bear. Huh? <laughs> he definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Just saying. Yeah. So you guys are all weird. Got it. I can't. All right. I have my irrational fear. We mentioned it last time. Is frogs. Um, not all. Yeah, frogs, that is just bull frogs and. Um, also, great apes. I just, they're too smart. I don't like it. Yeah. Great apes? Yeah, great apes. Great babe. Any of the great apes are terrifying to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I'm, I'm afraid of maple syrup. And you're <laughs> like, okay, Emily, if you have to be scared of apes. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why I let the maple off. syrup one slide, that too. I like that you said maple syrup, and we're all like, okay. And then you were just like, bees. And we're like, wait a second, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, I can't, like, have maple syrup near me at all. John exactly. says that old world monkeys are scarier to him. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. Old world monkeys. Okay. All right. Mm. Yeah. All right, so I do have a bear story. It did not end in, end in tragedy, but I was beyond terrified. I'll tell you this. Um, and I'm not ashamed to, I'm going to sound like a little baby right here, truly. Uh, so this was probably Can't wait. 15 years ago. I was camping with um, my sister, her husband, and uh, my girlfriend at the time. And I if you're going to tell the story from the great outdoors of the bald bear, <laughs> no. all right, all right, because it sounds like that's how it's starting out. Okay. <laughs> oh, I wish I did that. I love John Candy so much. Okay, me too. All right, so I wake up at like three in the morning to like go to the bathroom and I hear scratching like on a tent and it's not my tent, but I hear it like on a different tent and you're waking up and your eyes are getting adjusted and I look out and I see this bear, it's a small bear. If it like stood up tall, it's probably five and a half, six feet tall. You know, not gigantic, but big enough for me. I'm good. 
Uh, and it's scratching on his tent, and it's these like little kids' tent. And I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, we're all gonna die. This thing's like looking to eat us right now, you know. And I call over to my sister, and I'm like, hey, like there's a bear. But I'm like whispering it just enough they can hear me, which is stupid because like a bear can. The bear. They can. <laughs> but I was like so shook in that moment. And. Like, uh, my sister's husband at the time, like, started yelling. He's like, shut up and go back to sleep. I'm like, no, there's a bear. And I, I just wanted to get my keys to get in my car. I felt like I would be safe in my car. But my keys were on the picnic table, which was halfway to the bear. So, like, I didn't think I was fast enough. I was like, I'll just die if I get out there, you know? So I just kind of cowered in my sleeping bag and forced myself to sleep and just woke up. Maybe I would have died. Maybe I wouldn't have. <laughs> I gave up. My favorite part of this is, is Chris. I, I was laughing the entire time at Chris Drake's comment in the chat. He said, I thought this was going to start <laughs> off that you were at a nightclub. He's like, All right. So listen to this, right? I walk into this club. I'm just picturing you having a bear story. Oh yeah, my gosh. I didn't go to a lot of clubs. This huge, hairy guy wearing nothing but leather pants. Uh, okay. John says, if you didn't sleep smeared in honey, it would be less scary. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I that really reminds me of heavyweights. Honey. Remember the guy, the guy in the yeah, smeared with honey. Yeah. Don't just yeah. leave me here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember exactly what he says. Yeah, the buddy system. Anyway, <laughs> wasn't this, the bear like licking him? It was a deer. Deer. Okay. Yeah. It was a deer. Yeah. Deer, yeah. It was a deer. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. Well, I think I think we can move towards wrapping this one up. Uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed. Listen, I have to say this and I kind of started to allude to it earlier, but didn't really totally go all the way there. We've had a rich history over 10 years of getting together and having some amazing conversations with amazing people. And this is right there with it. We also have had a rich history over the last 10 years of having technical difficulties the likes of which rival anyone's technical difficulties. And this was right there. Um, I can't tell each of you how much you mean to me and how excited I am for, for all of you. Like, John, for you to come back, I appreciate you so much. Kevin, for you to be dedicated to this for six years. Steve, since the very beginning as well, supporting this as well as, as the founder and president of the Turtle Room and, and and understanding that even though we get a little bit silly on this show, it's still an opportunity to get the word out about some really important animal issues. And as long as we try to keep it as professional as we can, that it still checks a lot of important boxes. Um, it's also, you know, it also doesn't always, it's not a direct representation of the turtle room, right? The podcast. It's its own it's its own thing, and it's something that we wanted to do to try to invite people in and and have a fun, uh, relaxed atmosphere where we can talk about some important issues. But it's not it's not a direct representation of the Turtle Room. And, and Steve, that's something that you've always understood from the very beginning when John and I first pitched this to you more than ten years ago. Now, the first episode was February twenty third, two thousand thirteen. We're almost at the ten year mark. Obviously, this is the ten year episode, being that this is February. That's my anniversary. Uh, so, and and just looking forward to the future, having Emily here who represents something I think that we've never had on this show and an exciting new, you know, exciting new heights that we could take this to given her, you know, very 
broad experience and knowledge base that's far more uh, extensive than ours with our with us living in our little turtle boxes. And obviously, we'll always bring it back to that like we always have. So thank you, everyone who supported us. And I'll give everyone a chance to have a final thought. And John, your final thought will be in the chat. So please, uh, we'll read it for you. Okay. So um, Kevin, do you want to start? Sure. Uh, I want to start by saying, John and Anthony, thank you both for creating this a long time ago. I'm very, very honored that I get to be a part of it. Uh, to Steve and Anthony for even bringing me onto the Turtle Room in the first place. And uh, I really enjoyed doing the video for all the years. And I, I really do want to get back to it. And hopefully we'll be able to soon. Uh, a lot more proactive about it, I should say. But thank you for that. Emily, I'm so happy to have you on the show now. Uh, now I'll still get beaten up, but not as much because he'll be busy talking to you. So that's really great. <laughs> and I'll be nice uh, to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for another six years, another 10 years, whatever this, you know, however long this goes on for. Thanks, Kev. Emily? Yeah, um, I, first of all, congratulations to you guys, too. You're the ones who brought it this far, and I am so honored to be a part of this, too. And I'm really glad that I got to know you better, especially you, Anthony, because when I first met you, I was, like, kind of annoyed with you. Uh, you were ignoring my text messages and I was like, who is this guy? And then finally I got to know you and I was like, all right, he's pretty cool. Um, and I think it started the same way with Kevin because the first time I met you, I yelled at you too. So uh, I'm glad I got to know both of you. <laughs> I love that so much. I can't even tell you that you have that you're, I, I don't think everyone's seen what I've been picking up on too. That's what I'm really excited about to see what Brian sees, which is like, you're no nonsense. You're no BS. Yeah, yeah. And you you say you say it like it is. And I don't think people know that yet. And it's starting mm -hmm. to come out more. And I'm really excited about that. And yeah. and the coolest part about what you just said is that's 100% true. It like is. I am flaky as flaky gets. Yeah. And I, I take on a lot. I'm like a yes man, like by by nature or whatever, like at baseline, I'm a, I'm a yes man. I say yes to a lot. I take on a lot. I have a lot of great ideas. And then I'm freaking out about how much I have. And I go long periods without responding to people all the time. <laughs> so John's final thought, the podcast is like life in that it didn't go like I planned. I love you all. And I'll always have your, oh, I'll always have your carapace as in Aww. your back. John, that was lovely. Really well written. It's quite right? Nice. Man, everyone... Everyone's watching and saying, I, I really wish, I, I wish that everyone watching knew how charming you are and it, it, because they didn't get it tonight with the stupid technical issues. <laughs> I know. It's the worst. It's the worst. Like the best part of you is, is that. Can I ask um, John one quick question? Go ahead, Kev. So I'm going to ask John the question. John, you write in the chat, but Emily, I want you to answer. I don't want Anthony answering what he says. Okay, John, was Anthony any good at basketball and could he actually dunk? <laughs> you want me to read that? Yeah. Okay, I mean, he says so-so and kind of. So-so <laughs> good at basketball, kind of could dunk. Yeah. I guess it depends how you Thank read you. it. Is he saying you are so so, or you are so so good at basketball? Like this doesn't count. John could dunk. <laughs> John could dunk from the free throw line and could go <laughs> could go between the legs, like before it was like mainstream and cool and what every kid was trying to do who was six nine. So compared to him, yes, I could, 
I could kind of dunk compared to him. But we actually, John, we were in a dunk contest together that I won. Do you remember? Not in the dunk yes. contest. Yes, listen, <laughs> listen. No, I'm telling you, there was a camp. Hold on, I have to cough again. This is the worst. Ten years, y'all. There was a camp at at our school and with kids that were like at basketball camp. And they had us go there and they had us do like a dunk contest. It was me, you, and Kevin Zalucky. And I did like a wraparound one-handed dunk like reverse, and which is not impressive at all. It was off one foot. It's like stupid. It's all different variations of the same exact thing because I can only jump off one foot and dunk with one hand. And they loved it. And we were going by cheer and I won. 100%. You have to understand as somebody who can't jump as high as you guys, it was an important moment for me. <laughs> I think you can probably still jump higher than There are 400 no. pounders that are, that are dunking. Uh, yeah, I'm basically now like Earthquake from the WWE, like a huge man who's pretty agile for a 400-pounder. Not bad. Refrigerator Perry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like Refrigerator Perry, except I'm 80 pounds heavier than him. Yeah, <laughs> terrific. Just saying. Um, Darn, what else am I going to say? I, I, Steve, can you put yourself on? Can you can you give a thought too, as as the leader of the Turtle Room? Yeah, I see. I see Steve on. Yeah, sure. Like, um, you know, the podcast has been, you know, a big part of the Turtle Room interacting with the public over the last ten years, and that, uh, you know, I, I, those early episodes were, were a great start to what we were doing. And John was there through all the transitions from like pre-recorded audio to then we, we did a little more production with the audio where I was recording some stuff that you guys were then putting into it. And then we, you know, we went live with John through, um, through Google Hangouts uh, when that was, uh, and we, we did that for the longest time. And then, you know, Hangouts stopped being able to be used as a live thing with YouTube. And we had to kind of change, you know, how we were doing, but John kind of, you know, was there through all of those major transitions. And, um, just the, the two of you, the the vision you had for this, I was excited to back it. And, you know, some folks have said that we should use the, the podcast more as just a promo for the Turtle Room. And I've always wanted it to be kind of more of a program of the Turtle Room, right, than a than like a PR stunt for the Turtle Room, so to speak. Like this is about, you know, education and a little bit with entertainment and all that kind of stuff. And um, you guys did a great job with it. And from John passing the baton to Amanda, to to Chris and, and to Emily, like I'm excited for us to, you know, continue to uh, continue to move forward and kind of re-envision the next five, 10 years. Um, we have another exciting milestone for the podcast coming up in just a few months. We're going to hit 100 episodes soon, too. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, what we can put together for that. And actually, John, it'd be great if you could somehow join us for, for episode 100, too. And like I said, I think thanks to you being on, we might have actually figured out a common thread in some tech issues we've been having. So I'd love to try to get that fixed and and have you back when things are working better. So that's a good point. Um, we've been struggling with Kevin and John now and they're both on iPads. Yeah. Yeah, and so far, lots of different things. I've actually just submitted an issue to the to, to some folks to try to get see if that we can get that fixed. Nice. Otherwise, we have to steer away from those devices for now. But, but yeah, John, love to have you back again. Anthony and John, um, again, incredible, uh, you know, the start you guys had with this. And, John, it's so cool to see you again. Um, 
you know, as I was digging through to try to find old pictures of you, basically I found that one from Anthony and I found one while you were coaching at Iona. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, well, this isn't as old as we were going for. So I'm going <laughs> to, so I didn't throw that one up, but <laughs> that's cool. I, I, rem- I remember the, that time too. So, um, uh, John, you're always more than welcome. Like this is, I still think of this a bit as your baby and I've never actually yep. removed you from the website because like, I've always wanted to recognize you as, yep. as like the creator of this thing. And, um, so thank you for, you know, the, the, the blood, sweat and tears that you put into it, um, to get it started. And, and tonight we relived all that blood, sweat and tears as you lot, tried to lot talk. Of <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I, thank you all so much. And thank you to the people who tune in as well. Like 10 years of a lot of you guys being here to support us certain times where the episodes just weren't landing right and getting really good feedback from people that, Hey, you did this. And I felt like you could have done that. Or, Hey guys, there's an echo. Like <laughs> all the things where people have given us feedback over there has been really helpful, but, but coming back again and again and, and supporting us and, and just really being friends uh, has been amazing. And, and now more than ever, you know, when we started this, there weren't very many reptile podcasts. We are the second longest reptile podcast, uh, second longest running reptile yeah. podcast in existence. And, um, there were some really big ones that are now defunct. And then there's some other big ones now that just haven't been around as long as us. Morelia Python radio yeah. is the only one that's been around longer than us to my knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, there are now other turtle shows as well. The TTPG is doing one. Let's talk turtles. Uh, there was what the shell for a while, like different, different turtle. <laughs> I knew you were going to love that, John. I mean, uh, different yeah, podcasts. You guys are, that you can you guys are pioneers. So, like, I mean, like I mean, these are, you know, but pioneers for turtles for sure. But these are great. And there's more space. So I think you want to talk about good episodes we've had. We had Emzotic on Emma Locke of uh, yeah, hu- that was fun. Human Centipede 2 fame. Who is a really well-known uh, reptile, uh, animal, uh, animal tuber, or whatever personality? Yeah, personality. Who's who's a published author and everything. She was a great episode as well. And one thing she said that always stuck with me is: there's always room for more. The algorithm supports more of the same type of uh, content. So the more turtle yeah. podcasts there are out there, the actually the better there is for everybody. So I've always been happy to help people who are who are new and want to try something out. There's tons of space for this. So, you know, I love watching other people's stuff as much as I enjoy creating this stuff. So uh, thank you everyone who supports and watches, tunes in. And um, thanks for 10 years of amazing experiences. No doubt. All right. Yeah. Hands for John and Anthony for sure for getting uh, getting this started and telling you getting things rolling Ready. later y'all it's been a fun 10 years for sure so uh, the turtle room hits 12 years old in in june um the podcast's 100 will come in june or july whether we get if depending on whether we squeeze an extra one in there so cool um sweet let's have some fun always do till next time i'm gonna go get back to work good luck tonight Bye, guys. thank you i need yeah. it bye guys Ooh. Hot mic. <laughs>